0: Thank you for joining Holy Spirit Living, the podcast that encourages and equips believers to live each moment intentionally to bring glory to God and build His kingdom. Hello everyone, today we are going to be talking about the topic of trust.
1: And speaking of trust, why should you never trust stairs?
0: I don't know, I guess because you could fall down.
1: No, they're always up to something
0: that's hilarious you're pretty funny (laughs) all right but on a more serious note today we are going to be talking about trust so what do you have for us today joseph
1: well i love proverbs chapter three that's my favorite verse that was a revelation it was a life-changing verse for me chapter three verse five trust in the lord with all your heart do not depend on your own understanding seek his will in all you do And he will show you which path to take. Some of the other versions say, trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, acknowledge him in all his, all your ways, and he will make your path straight. And I always tell people, what's the quickest way to get from point A to point B? Straight, right? When we're not acknowledging him in all his ways and following his ways, we start to take detours. And it could be a jail cell. It could be a hospital. Who knows?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I love that scripture too. And as I look through that and kind of dissect what it's saying there, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. That means with everything that we have, like that we trust him completely and lean not on our own understanding. I remember when I was in high school, we had went on a camping outing And it was like a group of us was taken from our youth group and we had to go through these obstacle courses and climb ropes and do all kinds of things. There was all these different things that we had to do while we were there. And I'm not an outdoorsy person. (laughs) I never really have been. I mean, I love to camp. Don't get me wrong. But as far as climbing ropes and all of that, even in high school, that was not something I just enjoyed. I struggled when I was younger with a fear of heights. Mm -hmm. And so because they knew that there were different fears we were walking in, they challenged us to step past that. And one of the things that I was challenged to do was a trust fall. Oh, yeah. So I had to climb this tree, and I was perched in this tree facing the tree. And all of the other people that were there, they stood at the bottom And they held their arms across and they said, okay, now you're going to close your eyes and I just want you to fall back. Mm. And that was difficult for me because I'm like, what if they don't catch me? And the youth pastor said, they're not going to let you fall. Just close your eyes Mm. and just fall back. And I was fighting that so long. I mean, I don't know how long I stood on that tree facing the bark, and I could even see the little details in the bark because I was so focused on that, trying to drown out my fears and everything else. And in that moment, he says, trust that God is not going to let you fall.
1: Yes.
0: He said, close your eyes and just fall. I went ahead and I just let go. And somewhere along the way in the falling process, there was this like freedom because I was overcoming this fear that I had. I had stepped beyond my fear and had crossed over to the other side. And that day I learned to trust in a different way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make your paths straight. When I'm leaning on something, I'm leaning on that for support. Yeah, I'm leaning on that for rest. Mm -hmm. And I had come to realize that I had been leaning on fear. Yeah. And all of that to support what I was doing, my actions and everything. But in that moment, I decided I'm going to lean not on my own understanding, but I'm going to lean on the Lord. I'm going to trust in him and I'm going to overcome this fear because he didn't give me a spirit of fear so much we can learn in this scripture not just about trusting in him in one specific way but in every aspect of our lives right and when we lean not on our own understanding what he's saying is don't rest and put your foundation your support on your understanding and your own mind to comprehend what's going on yes. because there's going to be things that we don't know about or we don't understand and he has to be our foundation, not our own mind's understanding or comprehension.
1: I think that's where a, a direct belief and trust have the same correlation. They, they correlate together because you have to believe to have the trust. And, and in John, the whole gospel of John, it's a gospel of believing and abandonment, our own thoughts and trusting in him. John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. And think of the famous verse that everybody knows in John 3.16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It's like I'm going to believe. I'm going to abandon my thought process, leaning on my own understanding, and I'm going to lean on God's understanding, what the word tells me to do. And I'm going to believe and I'm going to trust with all my heart. And that's what's amazing. It's like if we abandon our flesh right. and get born again and really believe, it's amazing what can happen. You know, one thing about Jesus is he was never scared of the size of a crowd, was he? No. What human or the world thought is how are we going to feed all these 5,000 people? Right. He gave thanks to the little. And when he gave thanks to the little, he was able to bless the 5,000, the multitudes. Right. When it comes to trusting, trusting all out is abandoning our ways and acknowledging his ways.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like that moment that I finally decided to let go in that tree. I had abandoned my flesh, I had abandoned my fears, and I decided God's going to catch me. He's going to make sure these girls catch me, and I'm going to be okay. And it wasn't just about just jumping. It was about the fact that fear had had me locked down, and God was asking me to give that over to Him, and He wanted me to trust Him. You know, when I look at that, and it says, trust with all your heart, When we think about our heart, the heart of man is so much more significant than the mind. In the world today, everything is focused around the mind. I mean, it's our understanding, and can we prove it with this and that, scientifically, facts, whatever. But the heart of man sees beyond that. That's where our faith is. That's kind of like our kingdom mind is in our heart. Right. And scripture refers us to our heart on so many things because that out of our heart is where everything comes from. That's the core, the fruits, everything. If we have the right foundation, it's going to come from our heart. The heart of man is so much more significant. So when he says lean or trust in the Lord with all of your heart, he's saying abandon your own ideas of facts or understanding, abandon that. He's saying, trust in me with your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In other words, he's saying, don't trust your own thoughts and your own mind to direct you, but trust in me through your heart. Yes. Have faith in me over what your mind can comprehend, because there's so much to what he has done and what he is about, that if we focus with our minds or focus on everything through our thought pattern and our ability to comprehend We would never be able to believe in him. But at the same time, we would never, we're never gonna understand him fully. And he knows that. So it has to come down to a matter of the heart. Because if we don't get the heart right, it's never gonna lead us in the path to take us straight. We're Mm. never gonna trust him. Right. It has to be in the heart that it starts with if we're gonna have trust. Right. You were talking about John and about the word and the scripture. And one thing that came to my mind was how we will read something in scripture. We say we believe, and we say that his word is divine, but yet so many people today are walking around not doing the things that he's commissioned us to do or that he's called us to do. And one of those is in Matthew 10, and it's verse 8, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy and cast out demons, give as freely as you've received. Amen. How many people do you see doing that today? I mean, we all, even the ones that are active and going out and laying hands on the sick and casting out demons and doing deliverance ministries and all of that, even the ones that are going out and taking action, we're probably not doing that to the level that we need to be. Like there's so much more we could be putting in. But it's not even about just our works, obviously. Right. But if we trust in the Lord, we're going to be doing the things that the yes. Word tells us. Because a part of trusting in Him is trusting Him to not worry about pleasing man over Him. His Word is truth, and that trumps facts. Yes, That means it goes beyond understanding of man. It is the truth. It stands above facts. It yes. stands above anything else his word does when we read that and we have that revelation we're required to do something with it yeah
1: jesus said as i see the works of my father you will see me do right what he's seen his father do he did what he heard his father say he said right um in john chapter 6 jesus is talking in in verse 27 says but don't be concerned about Perishable things like food, spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. And they replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? And Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. It's easy to pursue the miracles, but not abandoned." our life, and try to establish a relationship with the Father. Mm-hmm. And and that's what Jesus was doing throughout the Gospel of John. He's, he's establishing a relationship with the Father, and he's, in essence, working on the trust of the Father. And he's saying, mm-hmm. you know what? What I see him do, I'm going to do. Yeah. And us, as followers of Jesus, we should say, as he does, we're going to do. And there's not a place in the Gospel where he did not heal the sick. Everyone he came across that was sick, he healed.
0: Right. And he was doing what the Father told him to do you know you're talking about the power of the holy spirit working through us that day of pentecost when the holy spirit was poured out on the believers he gave us power and strength power and strength came upon us in that moment that we received the holy spirit and that power and strength wasn't just for the signs and miracles just like you said it's not just for that but it was also strength to endure We don't need to endure when we have all the answers, right? Right. And so one thing that's a good point to make here is that I can go out and pray for people, and we've done it, and we've seen people cured of cancer. You know, there's been times we've went and prayed with somebody that we didn't even know, but God sent us there. We prayed, and a year later, they came seeking us to say that all the cancer was gone from their body. Yes. We've seen that happen multiple times, you know, to where we've prayed for people and the test results come back. It's not cancer. Yeah. But then there's also been those times that we've prayed for people and the prayer wasn't answered. Right. And it's in those moments that Holy Spirit doesn't only give us the power and the strength to walk in miracles, but also to endure in those times that we don't have the answers, You know, in those times when we've said, Lord, I don't understand why this isn't happening. I don't understand why this person didn't get healed. But he gives us not only the power to walk in boldness, but also the power to walk in grace and to trust until breakthrough comes. I know personally many people that have prayed for others, and they've said they prayed and prayed and prayed, and then just suddenly the breakthrough came. Sometimes they prayed for hundreds of people before they seen their first healing take place, before they seen the first miracle take place, and I believe that we all walk in a place of where we're in a wilderness phase where all of Egypt is trying to get right. washed out of us, mm-hmm. and that's all that unbelief and all that fear of man and all of that, like the Israelites when we think about them being in the wilderness and they were wandering. They didn't trust very much. They were struggling. There was all of this that they were ridding themselves of the flesh. God was doing a work in them in the wilderness. And so we all go through that. And sometimes it takes a little bit longer. And then even when we get the breakthrough, even when we see miracles happen, there's those times we don't. And we have to be able to trust in him. We have to be able to say, Holy Spirit, I don't understand why. This person was healed and this one wasn't. But regardless, I trust in you. And what that means is I may not understand this, but I know you're going to work everything out for your good. And secondly, because I trust you, I'm not going to stop praying for healing over those people. I'm not going to stop praying for miracles, signs, and wonders to come. I'm not going to stop laying hands on the sick. I'm going to continue to trust in you even when I don't see it. Yes. Even when I don't see it.
1: Well, you know, while they were roaming in the desert, what were they doing? They were getting closer to God.
0: They and we, were.
1: They might not have thought that, but they were. Every, I think every trip around gave them more dependency on God and getting to trust him, trust that they're gonna, he's going to have the manna, trust that he's going to have the quail, trust that he's going to take them through the Red Sea. Trust. In Psalm, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Because you are close beside me. He's not going to fear. You know what? In a valley is sometimes the place where we're going to get the presence of God that we didn't get from the mountaintop. I don't believe that we get a full presence of God until we're in a valley and we start to see we're in the shadow of death and we see his goodness and it starts to build us up to trust. I think of the time when we got the call that your sister was getting pulled off of life support. She's in Buffalo, New York, and it was a Sunday night. We're usually wore down Sundays, Um, and you tell me that. I said, let's go. Yeah. Let's take off, and we get there, what, four in the morning?
0: Yeah, it was early in the morning, and we get there, and the whole time we're just in prayer, you know, just yes. praying about God. We know that you can do anything, and so we're coming to you and asking you to be there in that room with her. So when we get there, I had no idea what was going to be coming other than what the doctors were telling us and what everybody was saying that was going to happen that morning. But we gathered in that room, and I said, I know the power of prayer, and we began to pray around her bed. Mm -hmm. And we prayed nonstop. And somewhere in that morning, they came in. I mean, we felt the atmosphere change. It went from a dark place to a place that... We've seen the light in the room. It was just literally an illuminating. And the doctors came in and said, we're going to send her down for testing. And I thought, well, that's strange. They don't do that to somebody that they're taking off of life support. So immediately, there was this hope that began to rise up stronger in me. And the trust was there. But I knew, regardless of what happens in this moment, God, I'm going to trust in you. But this is what we're contending for, and this is what we're believing for. So they sent us out to the waiting room, and we went out there, and we sat for a while. And the doctors came and had us go back to see her. And when we went back to see her, I didn't know, was this the last time I'm going to be seeing her? You know, all these things begin to try to come into your mind. Yeah. And I had to rebuke that thought, like, no, I'm not believing for that. And when we went in there, she was awake. Yes, yes. And she had been like in this comatose state for I don't know how long. But she was awake, and she was responding. She was able to communicate. And I felt like everything in me just was awakened with excitement. Like my spirit leapt because I was like, yes, victory. And I remember in that moment – we gathered around her bed and again began to pray.
1: Yes. And this time she was praying with us. She was praying <laughs>
0: with us. And when we left there, I felt this weight lifted off of me. And I'm like, Lord, I don't know why. Whatever just happened here, I know it's you. Yeah. I know that you had your hand on this, and I know that you pulled her through this situation. And she ended up recovering from that and coming home. yes which was wonderful. And probably, though, maybe a year later, she passes away in her sleep. And I remember getting the phone call Mm -hmm. that morning. And when I got that phone call that she had passed away, I immediately said, no, I'm not receiving this in the name of Jesus. I know he can resurrect her. And I began to pray and intercede. And the Lord spoke to my heart so gently and softly. And he said, Mandy, I would honor your request, but that's not what she wants. And then he reminded me that he honored her. And he took me back to a memory when I was probably in middle school. And her and I were talking about our life legacies and if and when that time come, how we would prefer to go. Yeah. And she said, all I know is that when I go, I want to go in my sleep. And he had reminded me that he had honored her request. She had gotten out of that hospital. She was well. And a year later, she went peacefully in her sleep. And he said, she does not want to come back. Amen. And when he revealed that to me, there was a peace that came over me. And even though I said, you know what, I'm going to miss her, but I know where she's at and I know I'm going to see her again. And the grief that I was feeling was just lifted in that moment because I knew where she was. Right.
1: You abandoned your flesh and you started putting your trust in God. Yeah, total abandonment. I did a free fall. Yeah. Yeah, we have to do that. And you know what that reminds me of? A story in John chapter 11 says, a man named Nat Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany and his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. But her brother, Lazarus, was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, the one whom you love is very sick. Ain't it pretty cool that they said, who, the one whom you love? And then John says, he's the one you love? Jesus had this way of making people believe that they were the only one.
0: Well, because he is truth, and yeah. so he walked in truth, and they knew that, mm-hmm. and they knew they were loved, they knew their identity.
1: Yeah. first 4 it says, but then Jesus heard about it, and he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end his death. He's like claiming. He's like speaking in, in life. He's not going to be dead from this. I, I'll tell you what, his sickness, he's making a declaration, as, yes. as we should be, and he says, no, it won't happen for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So there's always an upper story. There's the lower story that affects the upper story, right? And it's crazy that he's declared Lazarus' sickness is not going to kill him. Not only that, but I'm going to get some glory from this. Right. And, and I believe that every situation we go through, God can get glory if we right. abandon ourselves. Right. So then he goes on and says, so although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for two more days. For the next two days, he loved them, but he waited. And then it said, finally, he said to his disciples, "Let's go back to Judea." But his disciples had objected, Rabbi. They said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? And Jesus replied. There are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. Now I will go and wake him up. Obviously, the Lord says if he's sleeping, he will soon be getting better. And there they thought that Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping. But Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. Come, let's see him. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said, let's go to and die with Jesus. He says, let's go and die with Jesus. Like They always have a different thought of what's going to happen. They think that Jesus is saying this, but yet, they have no clue what really's going on.
0: Right. They and, thought we're gonna go back through there and they're gonna kill us, but let's go. We're gonna stand with him.
1: Right. And they and how many of us rely on our lean on our own understanding? Right. And and that's what Thomas is doing. He's leaning on his own understanding. And when he gets there, you know, um when Martha got the word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. It's thought in the Jewish tradition at that time, the soul would stay with the body for three days. And if you look how long it took, I mean, I think it's four days, right? And then, oh, the body's been there four days, it's going to stink. And he did that just to show that even the soul that you think stayed with you is gone. Don't lean on your own understanding right now, because I'm going to show you something different.
0: Right more than what your tradition has taught you yeah yeah, yeah I think that's good in Deuteronomy 29:29 29, 29, it says the Lord our God has secrets known to no one we are not accountable for them but we and our children are accountable forever for all that he has revealed to us so that we may obey all the terms of these instructions. He's saying there are secrets that I know that no one knows. And you're not accountable for those secrets because you don't even know them. Those mysteries have not been revealed to you, so you're not accountable for them. But when I reveal it to you, mm-hmm. you're accountable. And not only are you accountable, but your children are held accountable for what you know. Wow. And that's important to remember because we want revelation and we love revelation. We're hungry for it. God revealed to us new things, and I seek that every day. But there are things that he knows that we have no idea about, and we're required to trust him even when we don't know why. But it's also a reminder that mystery is just as important as revelation, because there's those things that if he revealed it to us before we were able to steward it, we wouldn't be able to handle it. it. And we've talked about that before. The things that we're not ready for can destroy us if they're given to us too soon. And I think that as I trust him in the things that I don't understand, then he trusts me more with revelation because he sees that I'm stewarding that well. Right. He sees that I'm trust falling and I'm taking the risk because at the end of the day, am I able to step out and take more risk? Yeah. Am I able to take more risk with the revelation, but also am I able to take more risk in the mystery? And they both go hand in hand in the things that I don't understand. I just have to trust him. And there's so many times that I'll come to a place in my life where I do question. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think everybody does and I'll ask him why God we had went with, some close friends of ours, and we went to the hospital and we gathered around her bed and we prayed over her. And I remember the presence and the spirit of God so heavy in that room. Yes. And as we prayed, I just felt that there was healing taking place in her body. Like I just was like, this woman's going to rise up out of this bed and she's going to leave this hospital completely healed. Right. And it wasn't just but a couple of days later that she passed away. And when that happened, I was like, oh, my heart was so heavy because I said, Lord, I don't understand. I remember being in that room and your presence was so heavy there. I thought for sure you were healing her. I I felt you moving. I felt your presence. I felt your power in that room in that moment. I didn't understand what took place that day. And he didn't reveal everything to me. But he did say, you ministered to her spirit. And that's something he gave me to walk away with, is that I knew that I had ministered to her spirit and the rest I trust in him. There's going to be times that we scratch our heads like we're just not sure. There's times that we see things happen we don't understand, but we continue to trust and we continue to walk in that trust. And that's what's important. I know that in Mark eleven twenty four, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. Yeah. So there's times that I sometimes I'll go back to a scripture and I'll say, was I not believing? Did I not have faith enough for it? But one thing I cannot do is stay in a place where I beat myself up over that. Right. But I have to just know that, okay, Lord, maybe this is an area where you're building my faith. You're working with me. I'll continue to trust in you, even when I don't understand it, even when I don't see the mysteries of this. I'm going to continue to walk in your truth, which is in your word, and I'm going to trust you.
1: And once again, it's abandoning your thought process. Ain't it funny that uh, so many people will abandon God before they abandon their thought process? They'll just throw in the towel, like, okay, I'm done with this, and I think that they miss out on the blessing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's like a lot of times people will trust God until there's a problem, and then they want to turn around and blame him for it.
1: Right. Think about the rich young ruler. I wanted to share this, Mark ten seventeen. As he was settling out on a journey, a man ran up to, to him, up to Jesus, and, and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I would inherit the eternal life? But Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud and honor your mother and your father. And he said to him, teacher, I've kept all these things from my youth. Looking at him, Jesus showed love to him. And he said to him, one thing you lack, go and sell all you possess and give to the poor. Go abandon yourself and give to the poor and you will have a treasure in heaven and come and follow me. But he was deeply dismayed, and he went away grieving for he was one who owned much property. A lot of times I'll think, even in another testimony, there's somebody that was at church, they felt on their heart to give $70. They didn't know that they could do it because their finances wasn't there, but they knew to trust God. And they wrote the check out, and the testimony is they went home on a Sunday, and the Holy Spirit prompted one of them to check the mail on a Sunday. And when they checked the mail, it was a $1,000 check in the mail, and God just rewarded them for their trust, that trust factor. They abandoned their, their fleshly thought and thought, my bank account's empty, and they trusted the kingdom thought
0: yeah, that's so good. You know, Psalm 40 verse 4 says, "Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie." And that's so good because we can make so many other things we can trust. You know, I trust in a lot of things throughout the day. Every day there's trust I trust the my car. Gonna work. Right. Mm-hmm. My car is going to function the way it should. I trust a lot of things. But so quickly, we are to not trust God. Right. When we think about the first sin, even, there was trust in the enemy. They believed a lie and trusted in that lie more than God. Isaiah 26, 3-4 says, you, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. We have peace when our mind is stayed on him because we're trusting in him. Yeah. When we trust in him, we can know that he is our everlasting rock, that he is solid. Yeah. He's not going anywhere.
1: He's not sinking sand, is he? No,
0: he's not. In the darkest moments of our life, he never leaves us. He's faithful to us. His love never fails us. Every aspect of his word is truth. Yes. And there's so many layers to it. It's the living word. It's like an onion. I can peel a layer off and get revelation today and peel a layer off of that same word tomorrow and get a different revelation. And every single bit of it is truth because it's this and it's that and it's this because he reveals more and more to us each day. Yes. But in those times that we're waiting and we're in the mystery of things, we have to be able to trust fall. And in doing that, he's going to give me revelation for the yes. understanding. But when he does, I'm going to be accountable for it and so will my children. Amen. I think we've had a great discussion on trust. There's so much more we could go into, but we'll save it for another day and another time. In the meantime, We pray that this has been encouraging to you. If this message encourages you for your daily walk and co-partnering with Holy Spirit, would you please share this with seven of your friends and maybe challenge them to share it with seven others?
1: Yes. We love you.
0: God loves you.
1: And there's nothing you could do about it.
0: Thank you for joining us today. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast channel, and like us on all of our social media pages at Holy Spirit Living. We encourage you to look for the gold in others today. Be blessed, but better yet, be a blessing.